Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me, tell me what's funny. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English mother do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my together, is my together. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. So that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Hello, and welcome back to Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. and Matt on the board over there today. Uh, S&P futures, well, get ready, get ready, up 61 points. NASDAQ futures up 246. We were up yesterday, and then we ended up down again. It was a very interesting day, uh, a lot of intraday volatility, or if you were kind of set up for it like we were, uh, I won't say that that's what our attention was coming in. It just worked out that way. We ended up making like three trades that you normally make in six months, but you know what? When you buy low and you sell high, it's okay. Uh, do we have Mr. Kevin? Yes, you do. How are you, bud? Good morning. Um, good morning to you as well. Uh, some interesting markets, some interesting basketball last night. The hell was that all about? The one fight in the one game I was watching, 30 minute delay, and then, uh, what was the deal, uh, the little, the little liberal arts place in, from, uh, Rhode Island? Fair something, what, something? Bryant? Uh, I don't, something, they won their game, but then they said, uh, because they're going Division One next year, they can't qualify. So the other team was going to go anyway. Jackson State. What was that all about? Yeah, there's. Um, I don't think it, it wasn't Brian. It was uh, Bellerman. That Bellerman. was Bellerman. Yeah, they uh, they they've moved to uh, Division One, and there's. I, I don't know if it's a um, some kind of probationary period. I don't know if it's a period of time where they have to divest their schedule of lower level teams. I, I don't remember the reasoning uh, behind it, but. Uh, whatever it is, um, they are not yet eligible to play in the Division One basketball tournament. So they won their conference, but they don't get to go, and the um, conference runner-up gets to go instead. Um, why doesn't the Cancun Conference get the pick if they won? Why can, who cares? Just saying. Yeah, who cares? Anyway, either way, who yeah. cares? Yeah, I suppose. It's not going to last very long. No, no, it's true. But uh, then the other game. First, the team only scored ten points in the first half, and they had a big fight. The uh, well, if I'd be pissed off too if I only scored ten points in the first half. Well, one of the teams was not only had a bunch of white players, right, but they had white uniforms in the the whole the, their entire fandom. It must have been kind of a home game for them, the kind of high school gym sort of thing. They're all wearing white shirts because it's just like the school. <laughs> Well, they end up fighting these other guys that were not all white, and half the guys are wearing the hoodies. It looked like, looked like a race ride. Like, what, what is this for some game of two teams that are? Plus, it was like a thirty-point difference in the game. I'm like, what are we? What are you doing up in the in the in the stands? And uh, so then they end up they wing everybody out, and they put the teams in the locker room. And it's all like four minutes left, and one team up like huge amounts. And they all then they get all kinds of police in there after, after they boot everybody out. There was a combat. It looked like they booted the one team's fans out. So everybody left was was white and these white t-shirts. They weren't all white, but they were all wearing white t-shirts. And uh, 
so they, they threw all the other people out, and then they get all the police there, and then they start again. Like you just threw everybody out. Even the police were down, <laughs> whatever. But it was it was interesting TV. Just just saying. Um, a lot of the games start tonight. Uh, DePaul plays tonight, I think, right? Yeah, I think the Big East starts tonight. The Big Ten tournament starts tonight. The ACC started last night. Um, so yeah, it's it, you know it's this is fun stuff. I think conference tournaments in a way. They're they're kind of dumb, but um, but they are they are fun. Tournament you know tournament sports is fun in general. Well, it, it, I think I'm not I'm not sort of big on them because all you do is get more and more games for these kids. I mean, how many games are they up to for God's sake between between the uh, pre pre uh, what the, the pre tournament things where you go to Hawaii or someplace and even though you play five games, you only count one because you could anyway. They do all kinds of crazy stuff to get kids to play more games than they're supposed to, right? But I, I, one thing I do think, Kevin, is that there are sometimes there are teams that because of injuries or because they just happen to be growing or happen, maybe they've got a lot of rookies or something, that there are teams that the last ten games of the season are a lot different than they were the first ten, and at least they have one chance to sort of show it. And I, I don't I don't mind that so much because because I mean college teams are not like a pro team, I and mean, there, there can be huge accretion in a basketball knowledge and, and if you pay attention to your coach you should be a hell of a lot better at the end of the year than you were in the beginning and some teams do real well with that and some don't I think they once in a while there's a few teams a year that need to be rewarded like that so that's the one good thing I'll say about the tournaments I don't know if that's fit. what do you think of that well I, I think so and especially our beloved alma mater is in that uh, in that boat where they weren't very good at the beginning of the year they're pretty darn good now and uh, and they're probably going to show up as a uh, much lower seed than um, than you would give them if you were just evaluating them from January until now. Um, if they you know if they lose to, to Duke in the final ACC and and show pretty well, I don't know how they. Well, I mean, well, if if they make it to the final in the ACC tournament, which you know, there's there's nothing they're not. They're not so good that they can't lose a game along, you know, oh, yeah. uh, before uh, before they play Duke. Uh, as uh, we look at their bracket, they have to play the um, the winner of uh, Clemson and Virginia Tech. Those are both, you know, they're, they're not, they don't suck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well the ACC just got and, and and like every team in a major conference, you know, and, and this this is true of the Big East. It's true of the Big Ten. It's true of all of them. You know, every team, even your bad teams, have two or three players that are very good on them. They may not be able to go seven deep or eight deep with uh, with good ball players like like the top teams do. But when you know when you have those two or three players, one of them can go off and have a big night any game and frustrate you, especially if you're not shooting well. Well, yeah, especially if it's a you know a three point line, you can three times down nine points. No. Yep. But so you know you you run you know teams run into that kind of thing all the time, and that's the drama of single elimination basketball tournaments. Well, yeah, I uh, it, I'm just glad everybody's back in the stadiums and you know, you know all that stuff is seemingly behind us. Hopefully, it stays behind us. Uh, I mean, it looks more like the regular world. And again, we have a war going on. What? Uh, and the markets are, are are nuts. Yesterday, we do. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Are they covering that on cable news? Oh God, they're, they're they're trying. They're doing something. They're covering it twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Well, you know, then you've got all the stuff that was here before, all the inflation issues, all the Fed issues, all the economy issues. Uh, this one guy, Jeff Gunlock, who's on TV all the time, could 
says inflation could hit 10% this year, calls Fed's target laughable. I, 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 the more you, uh, you know, we, we used to be, uh, you know, Carl and I and, and Russell used to be voices crying in the, in the, in the wilderness a year and a half ago. We're not anymore. I mean, anybody who's been around a while is saying, what are you guys doing? Uh, I just, uh. It's, it, it's all Putin's fault. It's, yeah, all, it's all Putin's, Putin's fault. fault. All of this inflation now is, is Putin's fault. That's what the president is saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, just like last time, it was the Arabs' fault, right? Um. Well, no. Last time, uh, you have to go back. Which last time? Uh, well, the 73. Well, there. no. I, you know, 2008 was last time. Well, we, that was that was nothing like a, a seven or eight year inflation spiral like we're having now. We're going to have. Two thousand eight was just a, was just a, uh, a crisis. Yeah, well, it's, you know, regarding the Arabs, uh, the Wall Street Journal is uh, uh, reporting today that um, uh, the president tried to arrange a call with uh, Saudis and the United Arab Emirates uh, to uh, ask them to increase their oil production, and neither one would take his call. Well, why, why would they've been trying to get the price up for ages? Well, what makes you think they're not a co-conspirator? <laughs> well, they, they may or may not be, but their what their their problem is they're pissed about you know what was going on uh, uh, earlier this year with the Houthis and and a rebellion in the Emirates and uh, uh, and the um, U.S. Uh, not so much as saying anything, let alone doing anything. They're they're kind of pissed off about that policy. Plus, they're pissed off that the um, the Biden administration is totally uh, turning its back on the Abraham Accords and further negotiations with any of that stuff, and so they're um, they're giving him the middle finger now when he needs them. So now we are left to go. You know, we we we, we always have the choice of of increasing production in this country, but we don't we don't want to do that. So now we're uh, we're left to go begging to Venezuela, Iran, places like that. This is we you know we, we anything but producing at home, right? Well, remember uh, those classes that maybe you should have gone to at the, when you were like a sophomore. You got better as you got older. Now you never miss. See how you've it's evolved. Stone that I missed it. What can I say? Um, the the if you if you would have recalled, in the short term, oil production is very inelastic, but in the long term, it's very elastic. So, uh, you know, you you can't increase, you can't open up a new well tomorrow, but you sure can a year from now. And, uh, That's true, but you can you can shut them down pretty quickly. So when yes. you cancel existing leases, all of a sudden the uh, you know if you were looking at roughly a straight line, maybe a, a slightly increasing slope, um, and uh, and all of a sudden you just cancel the leases, then um, then that straight line takes a dip.
president yesterday said, "Yeah, it, it, this is a myth. We we had we drilled more oil. Uh, uh, we dr- drilled more oil in my first year than we did in my predecessor's first year." Well, duh. <laughs> but how did you do versus your predecessor's third year and fourth year? Well, I think. Uh, I mean, I, the the the, the double speak is amazing. Well, sure it is, but I, I I'm gonna I'll say this um, as a Maybe didn't have the right motives when I used to go talk to all these guys in the oil and gas industry. And actually, I kind of think the couple of guys are both dead, but they're older dudes. When we first started PTI, we had uh, a couple of guys who had been in the oil industry forever. And well, my brother Dan would talk to them more than I did. But it's it is a fascinating industry. And I'm going to say, Kevin, that on a scale of one to ten, you're way ahead of any of the other bumps, except for a couple of experts that bring on. They actually know what they're talking about. That you're way ahead of these other guys, but when you start talking about these leases and all this stuff, this is not... I, I would find it very hard to believe, but I could be wrong, that we actually canceled a lease with a with a working wellhead or, or, or several on it where they, are, where they had ability to take the oil out of there and bring it... Because a lot of these leases are like forever, and they just... People just get them. Nobody even knows the price. Nobody, nobody knows you know, why... Because one of the guys was telling me that there was a lease in uh, somewhere in Alaska, but it was they, somebody had leased it in 1956. There wasn't a road, there wasn't a pipeline, there wasn't a rail line anywhere near it. So these guys had it for like 20 years, and they said screw it, they got rid of it, and they leased it to somebody else. Finally, somewhere in like the 90s, somebody just happened to build a road near it, and all of a sudden they drilled like one well and then two. I mean, it, it is a unless you know the area. You're specifically talking about, like, for some reporter to say, "Oh, we stopped leasing in this area." There, there may not, there may never have been a well there, Kevin. It may, it may be so far away from a railroad or, or a pipeline. I'm saying every single one is a different kind of a different story. You know, what I'm saying it. They're all different. They're all unique. Same thing. Uh, but to, for them to say we're going to stop doing federal leases, there, there may not even have been a, a well there, like ever. I mean. But some of these people like to hoard all these leases. When you cancel them all, do you think that all of them had no well, I, well or no well planned I, I, or in production or in I, the early stages of development? I would, I would be, I'd be surprised. Even this guy, and you know, I'm no huge fan. I'd be surprised that somebody had a lease, had working equipment on it, and oil was coming off it, and all of a sudden it got canceled. I don't know how you even. You don't think that. they would abandon when you know it, whether it was working equipment or whether it was equipment that was in the process of being used to drill. I, I'm just saying, I, you know, all the equipment was on on the premises, and they were getting ready to drill. You don't think they would cancel that? I, I don't know. The that's, that's what I who, these are the same people who went uh, on the border wall, uh, just said, uh, "Walk away and leave all the crap, you know, all the materials just sitting there." Um, we've done it before. We're capable of it. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm saying it's it's so ignorant. <laughs> you know, I, I the the idea of. You know, an offshore lease that nobody's even there yet, that sort of thing. Yeah, these guys can play around with that and they can use it for all the, the, the PR they want. I just, I mean, if, if, plus these leases are pretty long term. I don't know, how, how do you, if you got a 20 year lease and you got 15 wor- working wells on it, how does somebody cancel it? You say, okay, if we, you, you lose all your, I mean. Well, I believe, I believe that there is a court decision that says they can't. Well, yeah, I'm saying it. They're ignoring it. So now you have to go to a higher well, court let's put and get this it enforced. I, I would love to actually see. I'm not. I'm not disbelieving you here. I'm not arguing. What I'm saying is, I, w- I would. I would love to see a list of ten or fifteen, or a sample of ten or fifteen of the areas, and, l- and know just what they're talking about. 
because I mean I'm, I'm sure it harmed harmed production somehow someplace. I just don't know how bad or, or where. You know what I'm saying? I, it's, it's, well, it's, the, the, pro- the problem we have now is that it also you know uh, it it makes people tepid uh, about proceeding. That, because, I'm with you there 100. percent Because uh, you know at, at this point now now you're saying. Uh, you know why? Why would I go? Why would I go drill? Why would I go start if they're just going to stop me in, uh, dead in my tracks later when it's more convenient? Well, plus there's there's all kinds of different all kinds of different wells, uh, Kevin. You, there there were spots. I, I, seriously, I, I, I talked to I don't know how many of these goofballs. Usually because they had some beautiful girl out in front of the thing, they got me started. Uh, so my you know my intentions weren't always you know strictly theoretical. Um, but one guy. Was, oh, I'm sure. I'm uh, sure they. Yeah, were. yeah. But I mean, there, there were places where it was a lease, like you're talking about, in a totally untapped area. So if you invested in that, you know, somebody was going to try and get X number of money, and there was all kinds of different ways these deals are structured. It's pretty fascinating how they're all structured. They're all different, and you really got to know your crap before you get involved in one. And they were going to go out, and then somebody was going to be like the first well. You know, the geological formation looked good, and blah blah blah. And you you could you know if you hit one of these right. You know, you could be, you know, Jed Clampett. But then there's other areas where, now here would be a real problem if you stop leasing there. There's other areas where literally a county in Texas might have 500 wells. And you're going to be the 501st. And unless you're the world's most unlucky guy, <laughs> you know, that, that, that uh, uh, you know, drills in an underground swamp, they will tell you, okay, 95% of the wells drilled here return this, and oh, by the way, you're going to get 8% a year for the next 30 years, and then the thing will be kind of tapped. So, I mean, there's a, for every different area, there's a different story, I guess, is my own, is my theme here. And that, now, if you cancel those, well, that's stone-cold ignorant, because you know right what you're going to get. If you, if you say, well, okay, it's the Arctic Preserve, we think there's something there, but we're not sure, we don't want a bunch of idiots running out there and, and putting up ugly-looking wells, look at, seeing if they can find something. Well, that's, a, you know, that could be a different story. That's all I'm saying, Kevin. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it is amazingly varied. Everybody thinks it's just oil. It's not just oil. It's, it, it is about the most complex, varied thing where you come up with one product of, uh, out of all the industries I've ever even talked about. I don't, you know, you, yeah. you, I, I would say we're looking at two things, Tom. We're talking about, uh, individual cases, and then if you look at the macro industry, you know, there's going to be some stuff that hits, some stuff that doesn't, some stuff that sits, some stuff that's ready to go. There's going to be this big collection of it, and when you just start canceling across the board, yeah, I agree. Um, all of it, all of it is curtailed, and, and then the production line uh, starts a downward slope. I would agree. But who, who do you suppose, just, just my, uh, I don't know, I've, Quick story. I'll keep it brief. Is when I. Uh, by, by the way, one one other thing that they've done. It, you know, they, uh, Keystone. Everybody talks about Keystone. There's seven other pipelines that they stopped. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the ones, so, the ones you know, that are, again, it's it, it's half of it is you know what what got stopped that might matter now, and the other half of it is what are you really telling industry that uh, you know not to do in the future? Well, for, for my. From what I know about the industry, which again is, you know, like spit in the ocean, um, the most the key pipelines were the ones coming out of the Permian Basin. Nobody, ca- I didn't care about XL. I don't, I don't really care about tar sands making it to New Orleans. I mean, you know, I, I guess it's okay, but it's it's not going to change. It's not like it's coming to Joliet or, 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 uh, or any place here. I mean, it, the uh, the one the ones I care about are the ones in Texas where they're 
where all this new oil was coming out of, and there was no way to get it to New Orleans. They were trucking it, for God's sake. I mean, that, that pipeline is worth way more than this other thing. You know, if they if they stop those, that would be stupidity, I think. Well, that, I mean, that's what colonial is, right? Is, no, is colonial is you get East from uh, Texas to the Northeast. No, no, you, you're talking about the, the refineries in Texas. I'm talking about the the Permian Basin is in West Texas. Right. There was no pipeline from there to Houston. That, and so they were they, okay. were they were railing it and uh, and uh, trucking well trucking it to the railhead and bringing it in and rail. So that was. So what I'm looking to do here, what Kevin and I are both talking about, even though maybe he doesn't know he is, uh, sorry about that, uh, is we're talking about the difference between the, the price at the wellhead and the price at the refinery. Because if you give a quick example, if, if Kevin and I go out and, out and buy a farm, could we ever even grow something? I don't know. We'd have to have somebody come in and show us how to do it. So say we grew all this corn, all right, and you say, well, corn's $8 a bushel. Well, it's not $8 a bushel in our farm. It's eight dollars a bushel at at the uh you know at at the place where you deliver it on the Illinois River. Okay, well how the hell do we get it to the Illinois River? So I mean it's so at one point the, the Canadian tar sands when oil got down to twenty five dollars a barrel, Kevin, I was thinking I, I was reading it's like five bucks a barrel up there. First it's crap oil, first it's in Canada, right? So you don't have a, yeah. a, a barrel. Oh, it's, it's not crap oil. It's hard oil to refine. It's you, it's like four times as expensive to refine as a lot of other well, oil. But it can be done. It's twenty percent um, sand. And, and the problem, you know, the the, the problem with uh, um, with that Canada has is they have, uh, I, I think, one refinery in eastern Canada that can actually uh, um, process out the bitumen, and uh, and so you know. It, Whereas there's 30 or 40 uh, uh, refineries in the United States that can do it, and that's you know that's the whole story behind. No, but it was because we get that oil into the U.S. So it now it goes by rail. Okay, but it's, it's yeah. similar to we, we could we could we had a way of doing it more efficiently, but now we're going to add to the cost of something that's already an expensive process. Well, we we have a bunch. I don't know how many primary refineries. There's not that many refineries. I mean. Uh, we we had refineries that were set up for Venezuelan oil before they self destructed down there. So we're not getting as much Venezuelan oil. And that was when, when I say crappy oil, I mean I, I mean crappy oil. I mean if you get light sweet crude, I think you get forty four gallons out of a barrel. I'm going to say Tarzans, you get you get five gallons of sand out of the out of the barrel. So you're not going to get forty four gallons of gas, right? You're gonna no, have, I, it, like I said, four times as expensive. So figure yeah. you're probably. You know, going to get uh, the equivalent of uh, um, eleven but, you know, in, instead. But just the way it works on a daily basis, uh, Kevin. We're well, we're not there yet, but we're heading into the you know the driving season. But all you have to do, I mean, you want to bet? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, but what you also have to remember is is that the inventory of gasoline in this country, a huge percentage of it is in your car, and the the, the autos. Are, yes. Yeah, yeah that's right. I topped it off yesterday, figuring what? it was going to be fifty fifty percent fifty cents. Well, by the way, you you are now part of the problem because if, I know I am. Well, because if if I, I remember, damn proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember reading this along uh, I mean, on several places that the average car has, well, I think it's slightly less than a half a tank in it. So if you got a twenty gallon tank, the average is like nine and a half gallons. So if you if you multiply that times the how many bazillion cars there are in this country. That's where your inventory of gasoline is. If everybody decides to go fill up tomorrow, you 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 burn the system for about two weeks or at least because they're never they're never set up for that, nor should they be. 
So you, the consumer can create their own problem, or certainly make it worse. And uh, you know, to the extent that people are doing that, well, you know, that's of, of course everybody's going to be short. But if you did that when it was when it was twenty cents a gallon, you cause a problem because you're not set up to fill everybody's car up tomorrow. Why would you be? Because there's a, there's a certain amount that goes every day and. And uh, whatever, I'm, I'm just saying that if everybody had panics, which I don't think people are doing, actually, Kevin, they're just bitching like I am. No, I was just driving, you know, I was driving home from my teaching a class at Notre Dame yesterday, and uh, and Costco's on the way, so I could get three ninety nine gas still yesterday. That was pretty and I good. It would be probably four and a quarter there today, and four fifty everywhere else. Well, I, w- I got to uh, one hundred and five bucks, and I got tired of pumping, so I said, screw it, and I only, I only, got, and I only got three quarters of a tank. Ball. Yeah, I only, got, going, huh? yeah, only got three quarters of a tank. I go, screw it, I'm only doing 100. I actually thought, they used to stop at 100. No, they don't. Remember when they used to stop at 100? I'd be in a credit card? Yeah, I, I, I do remember that. So um, They don't anymore. Yeah, it, <laughs> anyway, you must, anyway, you must have the big shooter credit card. Oh, God. Stop yeah, I got the big shooter. SP Peter's up 69, NASDAQ Peter's up 276. A rally! Good. We'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. 
Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, and jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tamal, we Eliani, and Matt Byrne in the other room, uh, sharing on the board. Uh, Matt is, uh, I'd say he's uh, accomplished at this point, wouldn't you say, Eliani? Oh yeah, he's improving every day. By the way, uh, I'll tell everybody, you did a terrific job Uh he, he wants to learn, and uh, you did. A, for somebody who hasn't been here that long, I'd say you did a spectacular job training. So th- thank you, thank you. Um, the, although you, you did look like the mother hen a few times, you know, <laughs> the poor guy. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty. I, mean, I don't know if I want my. It's like it's like your your fourth grade teacher watching you diagram a sentence. You could can't you go somewhere else for like a little while. <laughs> Everyone needs to know that Tom has called me a fourth grade teacher at least fifteen times in the yeah. last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's not a, that's not a bad thing. It's a great calling, you know. Thank you very much. You know, I actually used to teach. Uh, it doesn't surprise me because <laughs> you you you, you uh, slid right into the role, shall we say? SB Futures up. Well, how much you got to teach for your bands and stuff? You're always telling those guys how I mean, you want things done, right? Well, and also their manager. So, well, it makes it easier. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe SB Futures up sixty eight, Nasdaq Futures up two seventy five. We uh, actually got ourselves kind of long here, so I'm unhappy about this whole mess. We'll see if it's. Uh, we'll see if we actually finish the day here. Uh, that's been the problem. It's not. It's not how you start; it's how you finish, as they say. Uh, the Dow futures up 503. Over in Asia, we've got uh, still no rally here, though. Nikkei down 73. Not very much. 0.3 percent. Shanghai down 37. That's a full one percent. Uh, Hang Seng uh, down 138. That's uh, 0.7 percent. The um, not sure why that is because everybody else is. Uh, the DAX up 616, that's almost 5%. They've been, they've been way down, but still, it's a hell of a bounce. FTSE up 107, 1.5%. Kek around up 271, that's 4.6. Uh, just a wave review yesterday. After being up most of the day, up and down most of the day, the Dow finished down 184, S&P's down 30, NASDAQ down 35. It doesn't seem like a lot, but after the day before, everybody assumed we were going to have a, uh, a little pop yesterday, and we did not, so everybody was pretty disappointed last night. That was long, for sure. Uh, U.S. 10-year, we're back up to 1.91, so that's up uh, four basis points. The bond pa- back up to positive 0.17 after a brief bout under zero uh, earlier in the week, maybe last Friday. Japan up uh, one basis point to 0.17. We've got oil actually going the other way, down 389. I haven't seen that in a while. 119.81, so that's what's kind of causing this, I think. Rent down 348, 124.50. Natural gas down four cents. 448 and our Bob down eight cents to 359. We've got gold down eight nineteen dollars, but still over 2000 2024. Silver down 15 cents 2674. Copper down seven cents 463. And we've got crypto up 3800, back up to 42,435. That's almost that's 10 percent. That's a huge move. Uh, so Biden announced some kind of an executive order on cryptocurrencies. Why the government tells you to stay out of these things, I have no idea, but they got to be involved everywhere, it appears. What do you guys got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? 
Good morning, you guys. Currently 6.36 a.m. on March 9th. Let's start with sports. In the NBA, the Suns beat Magic last night, 102-99. Bulls will be playing the Pistons tonight, so look forward to that. In hockey, Coyotes beat Red Wings last night. Sorry, destroyed the Red Wings last night, 9-2. And Blackhawks absolutely annihilated the Ducks last night, 8-3. In college basketball, we have Arizona State playing Stanford today at 2 o'clock, and DePaul will be playing St. John's tonight at 6 o'clock. Weather this morning in Chicago, partly cloudy, 35, with a high of 40 and a low of 23. And Phoenix, incredibly sunny, 43, with a high of 72, my God, and a low of 43. Traffic this morning, we have traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between the 294 North Tri-State Ramp in Austin. Traffic eastbound on 294 between Willow and the 90 West Ramp, partially due to a semi-truck fire at Westlake Avenue. We have traffic eastbound on the Kennedy Expressway between the 294 North Tri-State Ramp in Lawrence. Traffic eastbound on the Edens between West North Avenue and South Union. Intermittent traffic westbound on the Edens between 130th and South Lafayette, picking up at 51st. And that traffic will continue on to West Ontario. We have traffic northbound on the Stevenson Expressway between the I-20 connector and South Kedzie. Traffic Lakeshore Drive northbound between East 18th Street and East Grand. And lastly, we have traffic southbound on Lakeshore Drive between Lower Randolph and East McFetteridge. And that's all I have for you, Chief. Back to you. Yeah. I'm reading here this this thing on cryptocurrencies that the uh, executive group came up. The United States must maintain technological leadership in this rapidly growing space, supporting innovation while mitigating the risk for consumers, businesses, and broader financial system, and the climate. What the hell does that mean, Kevin? It means nothing. Uh, written by, I don't know, Chauncey Gardner. Somebody, I mean, it's, 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 these things are worth zero. They are a fake, a fake stock. <clears throat> They're not a currency. <clears throat> what exactly, other than taxing them and making sure nobody is a crook on them, I don't see how the hell we were even involved, Kevin. Well, how were we even involved? Why, why? Well, you can expect the U.S. to have a, a dollar denominated, uh, cryptocurrency in the next couple of years. What, what does that even mean? It just means that they will, um, they will build it out. On, uh, on blockchain and integrate it with some of the um, uh, other blockchain activities going on um, related to supply chains and, and the conduct of business. Why can't you do that with the dollar? You can. Yeah, I don't. Uh... But to but to but to integrate it properly with uh, so that every uh, all settlement happens in real time. Uh, that will uh, that will require a change in the uh, in the underlying technology. Um. Right. Why? Why exactly? You trust me on this. I, I can get, I can throw as much BS mumbo jumbo as anybody. I'm good at this. Um. I just <laughs> I don't I mean I, ma- making up a currency is not does not solve anybody's problems on everything. Anything. Not going to make. We're, yeah, but we're not going to make it up. We're just going it, to. It's just going to be a different delivery mechanism. All right. I mean, an additional one, or everybody's going to have to do it that way. Uh, in, in many cases, yeah, uh, because the, in 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 the blockchain world, there's something called smart smart contracts, and that's and and right now those are mostly settled in uh, cryptocurrency denominations, and uh, the smart contracts are you know it's it's basically it's it's automated payment that's that's kicked off by um, you know it's it's event driven. That those kinds of technologies exist now, but it's kind of a, a bunch of systems cobbled together and not fully integrated and prone to uh, mistakes, to 
operated. Like IBM's got a big blockchain platform, but locally, uh, at, you know, based out of Notre Dame, there's uh, another blockchain platform called SimbaChain, um, and uh, you know they they do the same kinds of things. Uh, theirs is is built on Ethereum, and you know the the idea here is uh, that it's it's just implementation of different technology. They the blockchain itself, they're, they're, I don't think there's anything really to fear about it. Um, but cryptocurrencies that are not backed by the full faith and credit of a government, that's a different issue. That that would be, uh, I, I would tread very lightly in that area. Well, as you, as you start to get these things, the, the, the thing you don't want, Kevin, and I, and well, I, I don't think you ever want, and we can see it in in a lot of stocks right now. You, you saw it in, uh, in Fannie and Freddie that were, Sort of guaranteed. You know, you don't want people legitimizing stuff to where people think it's legitimate that really isn't. I mean, the, the this whole idea of, I mean, I you know I don't have, I don't know the other ones. I'll, I'll admit it. But the 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 the, uh, the Bitcoin, um, the idea that somebody invented this thing and then went back to his mountaintop with his with his beard and his kung fu outfit, I you know I don't I don't buy that for a second. I don't I don't buy that that if somebody loses their password that nobody scoops that away from them. I don't buy that for a second. I'm, I'm, I'm too old of a cat to get screwed by a kitten. I, I just, I mean, somehow, some way, the fact this is all pure and Pharaoh's wife, I don't believe in it for a nanosecond. I mean, so, I, unless we are willing to figure out how this thing works and how, and how you, and how you have to treat people and how if somebody loses their password, it should go to the, the state instead of going to somebody else. The, the amount of fraud that is possible in this thing from the little bit I've heard, from from in the in the bad neighborhoods having video, uh, vending machines where you put in twenty bucks and somebody steals five and you allegedly got fifteen of Bitcoin, Kevin, how is this an improvement on anything? What am I missing? I don't know that it is. As, like I said, the, the cryptocurrency world. I'm first of all, I'm not expert in it, and in, in or even close to it. Um, but I'm also distrustful of it. So that. You know, the technology, I like the technology. I like the way it works. I like how it applies and, and its usefulness in uh, in the supply chain world and for creating, because I think it creates more transparency uh, throughout supply chains. Um, but as far as the cryptocurrency goes, you know, I, I, I know there's a certain degree of transparency. Everybody likes to think, oh, it's a great place for the criminals to hide out. Well, actually, because of the nature of the technology, they were able to track down the people that uh, the the money not not necessarily the people, but the money and claw back a whole lot of the money that was paid in ransom for the Colonial Pipeline breach earlier this year. Well, I have a, I have a stupid question that that you can I, I know answer because this is what you teach. Let, let's look at the the, the just in time inventory that you know now is getting a little out of favor with all these supply chain problems. But let's say, for instance. Uh, a, a food store, for instance, uh, that you know. For those that well, I don't don't I don't pretend to be expert, but I know how some of the aisles work because I know some people, essentially in the booze industry, uh, that if you go into a Myers or a Walmart or any place right now, the the people from, um, say Southern Beverage or whoever they happen to be, uh, the words people, they have their spots in the booze aisle, and and they come in and they actually stock the shelves. I think the bread aisle is the same way. Uh, I, you know, I don't know about some of the other ones, but I know those have been that way for a while. The booze and the bread aisle. So what, what's the stop with current technology, Kevin, what you're talking about? 
you're talking about all this stuff happening at once. Now, what in, with current technology, which is pretty darn good, I mean, the, before blockchain even showed up, what's to stop Southern Beverage or or or, or Kevin and Chief's uh, you know beer company for putting stock on the shelves? The company never buying it. In a minute, it runs through the register. All of a sudden, the company gets their spiff, and we get our piece. And it's all it's all instant instantaneous. We have that technology right now. What do I need blockchain for that for? Well, because you really you really don't have it in the same way. Um, but I could. What you have is that it then kicks off some transactions, uh, and it sends those uh, maybe to a credit card processor, who then sends it to uh, a bank for authorization or a card issuer for authorization. And then it stores some data, and then when you actually complete the transaction, it sends that, and each bank has its own separate system and so on, and its own databases and its own, you know, its own pieces. In blockchain, everybody has the same ledger. It's a shared ledger. Everybody gets their own copy of it, uh, to manage. It's, you can't alter past data because as soon as you do, you invalidate the copy of the ledger. And, uh, and, it, 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 there's some hashing technologies. I, I'd have to sit you down and walk you through all. Okay, what well, I'm my point is, is Heck, we should have like the so- stocks and jocks blockchain seminar. Well, and uh, and invite people in and, uh, and well, I, I'm just kind of go through because I've actually developed a, a blockchain exercise now to, that I can use in the classroom where people are actually representing their piece of the technology, and you have people walking really? around, you know, kind of doing proof of work on this and then distribution of the, the copy of the ledger to all the participants and all of that and and I designed it around um, uh, a pill dispenser so think think of uh, you know if you have the pill dispenser that has the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday you know where you get the pills well I, I, I got these giant ones they're like nine inches long and they have big pockets in there and then every every um, um, that, that's your ledger and the uh, and every uh, pocket in there is a, is a block, and so when you you know you put if you want to do the coffee supply chain, you put some coffee beans in the first one because that represents the grower's data, and then that data gets to you know has to be validated by the blockchain uh, uh, platform, and then it's distributed to all of the other people, and you and you actually have people walking around the room saying, okay, here's your procedure, and that that it it, it mimics how the technology actually works, and I think it gives people a pretty good grip on it. Well, I, 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 uh, I have to copyright this. Well, by I would, the way. I would kind of, you know, I'd love to learn that, but I, I, I know where, where this, in, in its infancy, where this all started, was the, was the was the different lines on the side of a railroad car that allowed the camera to see them, so people knew where the hell the railroad cars were because railroad cars used to get lost all over the place, and finding them was a big deal. But this, that technology has got to be sixty years old, Kevin. But I'm saying, why? If, if we're going to have a, here, I'll be a quiz on this one. Suppose we come up with a new booze, Eliani's Rubber the Brush. Uh, where, did, where did the Rubber the Brush brand come from? Remember the movie? No. The Westerner, remember? Walter Brennan, Rubber nope, the Brush. I didn't see it. No, I don't yeah. think I ever saw it. Oh, God, it's a classic. Uh, uh, Gary Cooper? God, it's a classic. And uh, Judge Roy Bean? Anyway, uh, why can't, if, if, the, if Myers says to us, we don't want to sell this crap. We say, look, put this on the shelf, sixty-five bucks every time. Every every bottle's got its, you know, whatever the what do they call the, the different lines on it, uh, the scanning system. 
every time one of these bottles sells, you get 15, we get 50. And Myers goes, okay. And all of a sudden we run this advertiser campaign and every time one of those, I don't see, why is that technology not there today? I, I know it is. Yeah, it is, but it's all done by transmission with separate databases out of the control of one another and that have the ability to be altered either intentionally or by mistake. Okay. But I'm saying if there was such a demand for it... And tracing it backwards to find out what happened is a major pain in the butt and takes days or weeks. Uh, if you have to, if you have to investigate backwards, and if you're looking at a blockchain and you need to investigate backwards, you just pull it up and look. Well, okay, I mean, you only, um, see the issue I have so is different. It's different technology, Tom. Conceptually, uh, look, conceptually, nothing. There's nothing new under the sun in the technology world. Even the things that we do with networks and big data and all of that kind of stuff, that all was was conceived. You know, that all was conceptually there a long time ago. The difference is that now processing power and storage are cheap enough and data transfer is cheap enough and fast enough to be able to support it. So you just get into a different, better world of, uh, of, of technology. Not a better world in general, but a better, uh, you know, technology platform for it. And, and that's really, that's really all it is. And, and when you, when you get right down to it, it's just implementation of what we already have in a much different, more, uh, better and more efficient way. And the example I like to use of why, you know, why it's useful and why that, uh, uh, backward transparency is useful, there's a couple. One is it's used extensively now in the diamond trade because there were so many illegally mined diamonds and so much blood diamonds that now you have an inalterable ledger where you can trace, you know, trace diamonds back to the source and be sure that they are legally mined, that they are legally imported, and, and so on. Um, and so if you are in the business, if you are in the jewelry business, um, that's important to you as, uh, it, you know, assuming that you're an upfront and honest company. Um, but in addition to that, um, uh, you could take the example of a few years ago. If you remember, we had to pull all the romaine lettuce off of the shelves in every store everywhere in the United States. Um, because there was a contamination outbreak and nobody knew where it started or ended. Um, now, uh, and Walmart is, is a big pioneer in this, uh, um, has pushed, they would be able to say if there were a similar outbreak now because they pushed so many of their suppliers into blockchain, they would be able to identify the source of the contamination, whether it was the grower, whether it was a distribution warehouse, a trucking company, uh, or whatever, um, that uh, they'd be able to uh, trace it to the source and just pull that lettuce off the shelves and not make a total well, loss. I, actually, Kevin, that was, I mean, boy, here I am arguing about technology. Talk about the, it's like me arguing football with Johnny and I guess. Uh, I guess what I'm, here, here's, here's, I have trouble, as you know, always conceptualizing what I'm thinking, unfortunately. What I, what I don't want, I don't, I don't want the, 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 you know, the, the mush guy leading the dog train. I, in other words, I, the, if there was a demand for this right now, for me to, you know, sell my stuff by the bottle and, and do that, the capability is there. I mean, what you're talking about with, with the contamination, that actually started in the cranberry contamination when, when Kennedy and Nixon were running. And people couldn't, couldn't figure out the difference between the Washington Canber- cranberries and the Wisconsin cranberries. And that's when the first, uh, 
you know, different stripes on the, on the, on the bags came out so you could figure out what state they came from. So this has been somewhat ongoing. But the thing, I mean, you look at this as, as, a, as a beautiful way to do uh, something easier and better, which, by the way, I'm learning from you, and, and thank you. What I don't want to have happen is for somebody to say, I've got this new technology, you need to give up all your cash. Wait, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> where, where, where did the demand for that come that you have to see everything I do? Just because the technology is there, I may not want it, Kevin. I mean, I mean, no, no argument there, Tom. And in fact, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm a person who has not given up the cash. So, um, you know, that's uh, uh, you know that's where I come out on it. I, you know, I, if you sat in a room, in, you know, you can sit in a lot of rooms and say, okay, who has more than ten dollars in your pocket? Most hands would not go up nowadays. Yeah. Mine would. Yeah. Well, I'm, there was a there was a line in. Uh, Freedom from Fear by William Kennedy, and it had to do with uh, uh, all the, the thousands and thousands of people and the bazillions of dollars they spent on, on creating an atomic bomb uh, in World War II. And, you know, the story of that is, is spectacular and how many people got, went to work right away in a, essentially an unproven... Well, and then the fact we ended up dropping not only one, but two. Whether or not it was a good idea, bad idea, I'm going to say Truman knew what he was doing... Uh, Shorten the war, blah blah blah. Uh, but and William Kennedy's line was, "We we spent all this on the thing." What was his line? Events were in the saddle, and they drove the men hard. In other words, the the events got ahead of people's thought process, and we just uh, had to go this way because we had spent money on it, and it was there to be used. We had to use it. Now I don't, and I don't know how much of that played into Truman's decision, but I'll bet some of it. Wouldn't you? Yeah, you have it. You have to use it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't want increase of technology just because somebody dreamed it up. All of a sudden, I don't have any freedom. <laughs> I mean, wait a minute. One has nothing to do with the other, Mister Techo Geek. You know? Yeah, I think for the large, I think for the most part, when it comes to this technology, uh, what's what's really happening is it's it, it's become available. It was up and running for cryptocurrencies and. Other people uh, realized from an operational standpoint that uh, it had some additional applications that might be beneficial. I, I, I guess before we'll shift to another subject, but it's the practice. Because you're right. I mean, there's, there's a whole, you're, you're right that there is a whole lot of this kind of process that can happen now. The difference is it's just clunkier and it's harder to yeah. deal with. And every time, uh, you know, one side makes a change, everybody else has to make changes too and so on. And that all goes away. This is well. I mean, right now because because it's such a different database technology, and we've actually been moving in that uh, in that direction with database technology in general, anyway. So um, you know, this this is just a, a, a kind of a, a next step in in the evolution of the technology itself. Well, I'm just saying, if there to go back to my booze, uh, so I always got to bring it down to booze or gambling, right? Off that says about me, but if if there was. And right now, I don't know. If my, is Myers perfectly happy buying the case of rubber the brush from, from uh, you know, from Judge and Dolph or whoever the hell they are, and, and, and doing it that way, or are they are they dying to do it by the bottle? I don't know. But I say, if there's if there's no demand for it, I don't want it to be forced down people's throats. You know what I'm saying? If they were to say, boy, if I could just do this by bottle, my inventory would be so much better. I think we'd already be there. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's a demand for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody is uh, is looking to track anything down to the uh, 
Well, I mean, you, you might you might uh, track it down to the level of the bottle, but just strictly based on uh, you know what pallet it was sitting on, uh, what truck delivered it, and so yeah. on. But and you know that by bottle. Um, but in general, no, I don't think anybody is trying to take it to that level. Well, pretty soon we might be putting a number on the gallon of the gas if it gets much higher. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, it's going to have to come in a uh, fancier container to justify the price. Uh, yeah. Um, sort of like an iPhone. You put it in a really, really nice box, and then you can justify how much you charge for it. Well, how do you, I mean, the uh, the idea, Kevin, that all this stuff is coming together at once is, you know, with, with the with the Fed stuff and with the inflation and people, I, I am, I am, as you, if you listen to me, you know, Wednesday this week, the more I look around, the more I talk to people, especially with this gas doing what it's doing. I don't, I don't see the the, the risk of people. And plus, the stock market. How much is the stock market taken out of? By the way, it's something like eleven eleven percent of the people own, own what eighty nine percent of the, mar- the stock market or something. Um, but what, what kind of a hit have they taken in the last two weeks, three weeks, six weeks? I mean, it's we've we've got lessening wealth because stocks are going down. We've got prices going up through the nose. Uh, we don't salaries. I don't know. Are, are they going up to this extent? We'll find out. Uh, last week, the hourly work already. No, I don't yeah. care. The numbers are going to come out, but uh, no. Yeah, I mean, in fact, you know, it, in fact, you know, we, real wages have just taken a bath over the last six months. I I don't think I've seen in in my lifetime. Like I wouldn't count it up when I was younger. I don't think I've seen a bigger hit to individual uh, monetary whatever you want to call it. Uh, independence or whatever in, in the last eight weeks that I've seen in the last eight weeks. I mean, this is this is brutal for for people that don't have a all of a sudden now another thirty forty bucks in their day. And I don't I don't care who you are, Kevin. I mean, well, I, and, and and did did you see our uh, transportation secretary the other day got up and said, "Hey, just you know, if if, if the gas prices are too high, just buy an electric car." Yeah. What Does a, he have any idea how much those cost and how much the average person can't afford them? Um, well, that. that even even in uh, you know my suburban okay and I'll I'll admit I get thirteen miles to the gallon I think uh, for and, and I don't you know say say I drive I'm not going to do the math we don't have much time but if if I drive a thousand miles a month which is normal I mean the the increase it, it would cost me if I went out and bought a new suburban which is like hundred grand the tax on that thing is going to be my I'm not going to spend. Total on gasoline. I'm not going to spend the tax for three years. I mean, who's kidding who? I mean, it, it, yeah, who's kidding who? Well, here, here's the other thing: is is uh, uh, Judge is saying, yeah, because the the fuel is free for uh, um, <laughs> the fuel is free for for your electric car. First of all, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> I mean, and, I, I, and second of all, is does anybody think that as uh, electric cars become more popular and we stop collecting gas taxes on them, that they're not going to institute a tax on electric cars? Oh, I know. It's just, these, these, how we get these people in office, I have no idea. Um, anyway, that's it's, it's another story. Kevin, yeah, I, I, I give him, actually, so I retract and I'll give him the Chauncey Gardner Award for, uh, you know, his okay. deep thoughts. Well, let's talk about some basketball more on Friday unless the world goes even crazier. Uh, SP Futures up 77 now. NASDAQ Futures up 314. I'm loving this rally. Uh, I think a lot of my clients are too. Uh, I just hope it lasts. We'll be right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. 
That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI Pro Direct can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI Pro Direct. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Here, right now, right here, right now. Welcome up, Stocks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow at Eliani on the board. We have also have Matt Byrne on the board, taking turns over there, uh, making that old clunker board work. Does it take two of you now to make sure all the stuff slides? We don't want to slide so much anymore, does it? Just saying. We have Mr. Russell. Did you get the new board? Did uh, you get the new board? No, and I talk about too slow. You snooze, you lose. Uh, we're trying to figure out one just like it. Well, of course, I, I find one, and it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks just like it, but I'm thinking, wait a minute, it's too cheap. I know I paid more for it 12 years ago. I can't be the right one. Turns out we have there's there's two exact same models. One's a broadcast board, and one's just a a regular old board. So we need the we need the broadcast board. So oh. so of course we find one. I said, oh, you know, I wonder. I just so I I look at a place. I see if I can get one used. And of course, there's there's a guy who's got one. It looks like it's a week old. It's like half price. So I, I go, is this thing still available? No. <laughs> <laughs> so there went that one, but uh, anyway, it's uh, we're going to get it all figured out because I think uh, we got uh, better things ahead. I think we're going to have a morning show pretty soon on, on a real station, so that'd be nice. Um, I know. So how are you? What's going on? Do you, have you figured? This I'm out? good. Well, for, first off, you guys were talking oil, and it, I, I know you don't check your email during the program, but I sent you a little chart that I made while you guys were talking oil. And um, <clears throat> turns out we're down. I don't know. Down from the, the the peak oil production was about a month before COVID kicked in. Yep, that's what I'm looking at. And, I'm looking at um, I think it's about 13 million barrels a day. I'm looking at the chart right now. Top. Look at we're it. at about 11.5 million barrels a day now. So if the economy is back where it was, the employment's back where it was, 
oil production should be right back where it was before the pandemic kicked in. Uh, so just that? just because oil production is higher, you know, it was higher the first, and, and you, you discounted this one, but, you know, it was higher when Biden took office versus the, you know, the last, you know, the, the end of Trump's period or the beginning of Trump's period. Um, it, it doesn't, it's not telling you the full story there at all. It's complete manipulation of the numbers. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, but, no, I mean, but, it, yeah, I, I think um, I can't ever remember Jen something, the the press secretary. She jumped all over somebody and was getting praised on Twitter Twitter yesterday uh, for shutting them down with all these facts. Well, the facts were complete crap. Oh yeah, well, no, I, I, I mean absolute crap. Uh, and in fact, the worst production during COVID under Trump was better than the best production under uh, Obama. Uh, I don't. Uh, How about that? Yeah, I don't. So, <laughs> I don't disagree. So don't t- don't tell me this thing has is just Vladimir Putin's fault. No, God no. Part of me, and, and I'm becoming more skeptical and jaded because hanging around with you. But yep. part of me almost thinks that the White House is kind of happy some of this stuff's going on because they now have somewhere to point a finger. They have. Uh, they and have, notice I said sort of happy, not totally happy. They there are people, and when you you know. As an economist, which you are, a, a FID, a FID economist, uh, PhD, um, you know mm-hmm. that one of the, one of the, when you, the capitalist system, well, I'm not going to go into this too heavy, but too much other stuff to talk about. Capital, there's always a way to figure out, economics is, is what? The science of scarcity, apportioning scarcity, correct? Yeah. And the way we decide to do it is using money, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, and we say, that's how we're going to we're going to have a free market system, and the people with the more dollars get to get to bid bid more dollars, right, for stuff. And uh, yeah, and if you you can't decide you're going to you're going to come off oil as your main source of energy if gasoline's a buck ninety eight a gallon, it's not going to happen, right? Yeah. And no matter what, how you tell people not to buy the suburban, they're going to say, "Well, why shouldn't I? It's not buck ninety nine a gallon. What's the matter?" And so there are there I'm sure are closet, maybe not even closet. Uh, people that are absolutely giddy that all of a sudden gas is four fifty a gallon or five bucks or the hell you are. They're all, they're oh all, yeah, because I mean, they, they think it's going to change our behavior. Yeah, it's going to change our behavior. And uh, now the question is how how contrived is that? I mean, there are, there still are people that are caught with having to having to do services. I mean, cab drivers. I mean, you name it, all from the top truck drivers. You've, you've just you know I won't say doubled, but you've probably driven their one of their biggest costs up seventy percent. Well, you can't mm-hmm. do that to somebody without giving them a raise. I mean, yeah, if, if, if there was a truck available today with a big, a big sun dish on the roof where you go down the highway at 70 miles an hour pulling a load, uh, and you force that guy into buying that truck, you know, is that okay? Yeah, but it's not available, right? It's not, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. I, got a, I have a question for you. Uh, I'm looking here on the Baker Hughes oil rig count. We were in, uh, December 19, we were 800. And we, we dropped down to like two something when oil got way low, and now we're back up to over six hundred. What 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 constitutes an oil rig? I mean, if you drive through Nebraska and you see one of those little things going doinker doinker up and down at an old at an old well that was here eighty years ago, and they're still pulling a barrel a day, that's not a rig, is it? I mean, what what actually is a rig? Is a is a is a rig? I I always thought the the rig the rigs were the things out in the. Uh we're out in the ocean, but I might be wrong. 
it's, it, that's not something I know a whole ton about other than having, I've been out on one of those cool platforms in the Gulf of Mexico. Well, before. that's definitely a rig, uh, but I, I think if you put it Yeah, new, that's a rig, and that's what I always think of as far as a rig, as far as being a rig. But you got those in Texas. Um, I, think, I think it's something that's actually searching for oil and, and, and like is relatively new, but I don't know, I don't know the definition of one from the other because if you count all those little pumpers all over the place, we got thousands of them. Yeah, and in, I know when they put that together, it's a combination of U.S. and Canada rigs, because uh, I did cover Baker Hughes for a while, long time ago. And if it's Canada, I don't think Canada does a lot of um, offshore drilling. So it's probably, you know, each of those little rigs that are pumping away, and they just uh, have some that they turn off and some that they turn on based on uh, how much demand they're seeing. You know, two years ago, March, April, that time period, there, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of demand. We weren't driving it. You were driving, but most of us weren't driving anywhere. Well, here you go. Oil, gas, and miscellaneous rotary rigs. All right, so out of the 586 that were in two, the end of 2021, we're up way, way past that now. Mm-hmm. It looks like around, uh, you know, 480 or, or oil, maybe 20 or gas, and like one or two or whatever miscellaneous are. I don't know what those things are. So anyway, so that's where that's where that all is. But we're we're definitely creeping well, up. Turn turn on more rigs. In the and I do know the economics behind this. I know that it is very costly to turn them on and turn them off as well. So you don't want to believe uh, you, you you're not going to flip one of these things on for two months of to to help get the price down and then have no. to turn it back off. Plus, I think Russell, we got a guess then. When these were all going down back in the early in the twenties, there, when the prices, mm-hmm. we were, I think we had a guest on that said when you, when you, if you if you take one offline, more often than that, you're selling it to somebody overseas. It's gone. Yeah, you're uh, if you can scrap it and send it, or or it can be disassembled and reused somewhere else. Yeah, it gets it gets moved around. Well, now does that mean? That in fact, part of, I think part of the Baker Hughes thing, or at least when I would track the offshore. Uh, you would there, there would be a, a number that you could see how many might be down for short term maintenance and how many may be down to be moved from one place to another. Well, what is that? I mean, we don't neither one of us uh, are into giving stock advice. Uh, a, we don't want to, and B, we're not supposed to. But uh, mm. the, the guys that I mean, obviously, you're going to get you're going to you're going to get some questions. And our our slumberjay Halbert and Baker Hughes, you know, all of a sudden this big buy because they they've been. The part that goes over to Fed's last forever. The Slumberjay was seventy bucks. Mm-hmm. When he get down to like twenty five, and it barely it was still it's still barely out of the thirties, I think. But but here you got Baker Hughes. If you go back one year uh, timeline uh, again, I mean, we're not doing any sort of a one year, or we'll, I'll use a max here. Well, if you go back one year, I mean, we're down to we think got down to ten bucks January of twenty, and now it's it's just mm-hmm. just you know it's just scalded up to thirty seven fifty. But if you go back, it, it's been, you know, in a, an 18, it was 42, 50. I mean, I don't know. What, what, how do you even value these things after? I mean, I, I'd be hard pressed to say after the run up from 1250, I'm going to say I wish I was in it at 1250. I don't, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't, I don't know if I pile in here at 35, you know, do you? I mean, I, how, how high are these things going to go? I don't have, I, I would, you know, I would take a look at, um, I would try to figure out what the stable cash flows would be 
from the company and, and what that's worth going out the next three or four years to figure out a price to, to buy the stock. I mean, right now, I'm I really, I, I wouldn't, I mean, you, just the arbitrary 35 number that I, I, I'd have to do a lot more digging on that. Well, cause if you and have, you what I would want to do is I would want to know, you know, how many of these rigs do they think are just going to keep pumping oil for, um, more than a couple of months, which is probably most of them. Cause like I said, they don't really like to put these things online if they're afraid they're going to have to take them back down. And I think that's why we haven't gotten back to the same rig count number that we had, uh, before, um, you know, in, in February of 2020. Well, I've got you know, so The, the economy's back where, or is above where it was in February 2020. Um, it takes energy to run the economy, you know, and their energy production is not keeping up with it. So, of course, energy, however we consume it. My one-bedroom apartment in Indiana, you know what my electric bill was? Um, we're, and I'm only here 12 days a month. It was 150 bucks. I'm going to say that, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I think a neighbor is running an extension cord and Bitcoin mining off of my stuff. I, I'm going to say, uh, Russell, that because of, uh, uh, a lot of things have come together the early part of this year. And, and mm-hmm. one of, one of them, we talk about gasoline. One of them is, the incredible increases in oil and, uh, and gas, gas and electricity. In Chicago here, it's more, it's more, I believe, gas and electricity. Indiana, maybe mm-hmm. it's the other way around. But I, I'm going to say that uh, I, this, all this now, the regular gasoline being higher. This is on top of several. Mm-hmm. This is on top of several other wounds. This is not. Oh yeah. This is not it's independent. My, my electric bill in in Chicago. Um, me maintaining two different households. Uh, it's been over five hundred bucks the last two months. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I'm saying. I mean, that's just. How well, my first apartment in Chicago was four hundred a month. Why do you? Uh, that's showing age. I don't want to. I don't want to get down this road uh, necessarily with, with with you, but I could if you wanted. Mm-hmm. How is it that we have a um, people that have lied to us regarding? CPI for a long time. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just say it's a flat, mm-hmm. out, a flat out lie. Uh, I mean, why, 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 now that it's hurting people, it's, it's time to stop mincing words, I think. It's a flat yeah. out lie. And you have, uh, the supposed 2% inflation that's went on until all of a sudden recently, now we're admitting it to a more, it's really only been, what, the last three, four months that we're admitting anything? Um, mm-hmm. maybe five. How do you have the state of Illinois or the state of Indiana where you currently are hanging? How do you have those guys put through like a 15-20% increase in, in gas in gas or electricity when they, they got to be watching the TV where they know everybody. And then the, the next day... But they, they have to. I mean, the utilities can't sell us energy at a price that's lower than it costs them. Um, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You just said that. They, I mean, they, they shouldn't. Have you... Next time you get back to Chicago, if you if, they, if your wife uh-huh. lets, if your wife lets you in after that stuff, I'll tell you what, man. I was I was in Chicago on Friday last week, and I swear to God, if I never have to go downtown Chicago again in my life, I'd be okay. Um, a lot of people but feel that way, but I'm, I'm, I I still have to come back. But I'm but, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to instead mm-hmm. of just uh, <laughs> I don't want to insult my dear buddy. Instead of being like, what am I? Whatever. Uh, look at the bill. Your gas or your electric bill. 
the, it has nothing to do with the price of electric or gas. Oh, I have my bill. Where is that darn thing? <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with that. I have mine in front of me for my Indiana one. In if, if your bill is a hundred bucks, well, when the gas bill in my place for the apartment was a hundred and some hours in, in January. I'm going to say mm-hmm. forty of it was for gas, or fifty. The rest is delivery charge, discharge, storage charge. It has nothing to do with gas. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like, uh, you know, you, they, they had a big bump in gas prices, and oh, by the way, you had a real cold January, and you got this one spike. We all can understand that. That's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. I, the, the delivery charge for the gas in my building, there's four units in the building. You know, by the way, the pipe coming in is so old that it feeds off into the guy next door's house. One pipe. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's five meters coming off this one, I'm going to say, 100-year-old pipe. The delivery charge for the five places has got to be $225 a month before anybody even turns their stove on. She was. Yeah. So it's it's, yeah. it's not the gas. <laughs> it, I mean, if, obviously, if gas goes higher and you use more, that's only that it, 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 it adds salt into the wound, but the wound is already there. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the summertime, I, I, I had uh the hell, mine was... Uh, they had the, the, the thing was screwed up in the summertime for three months. They had me using no gas. My bill was still thirty eight bucks or something. Yeah, but mine uh, here. You got me looking at the bill now. Um, if I don't turn, if, if I shut everything down, I think the minimum is seventeen bucks plus tax. That's your electric bill in Indiana. There's a, there's a yeah, the monthly connection charge starts at seventeen, and this is just electric. Yeah, gas is worse, and so. you're in, and you're in a, an apartment, right? I'm in a yeah. I'm like in a high rise apartment where uh, I, I, don't, I don't have the heat or anything on when I'm when I. All right. So if there's a hundred units in there, everyone is paying yeah. a seventeen dollar bill for a connection. They got one pipe to the street that's going to be there for the next hundred years. Oh, this building! This building's one hundred and sixty years old. Yeah. <laughs> it was built in it was built in eighteen sixties. It's like the oldest mid rise building in Indiana. All right, I'm going to go back before I forget. <laughs> my Maybe that's why I made because, you know, there's no insulation. I'm basically heating the neighborhood. That's probably why it costs so damn much. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with, uh, you, you talked about you think the economy is way better than it was before COVID. All right, so we're... Well, I think we're back where we were. Okay, I know, I'm just I'm just asking yeah. a question, Mr. I didn't Cole. say a whole lot better. I said I think we're back where we're, we're pretty much back to where we were. Okay, uh, in in, uh, in March, on a lot of metrics. Okay, in in, my, in March of 2020, which is I recall the night before St. Patrick's Day, I went to my three mm-hmm. favorite adult emporiums and a last drink because I knew everything was closing the next day. Uh, the money supply was sixteen uh, trillion dollars. All right. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to run this up to uh, today. The last number that I get, that they've given us, which is no, which is November, which is really a, well, actually or is it December? Uh, January number is twenty one eight. So we're up pushing thirty percent in two years, less than two years. Now, and when you say the economy's back. I think you have to. I just I, I made a statement yesterday. Somebody uh, was it? Uh, Carl asked me, so I'm going I'm to grade my paper with the professor. I'm going to say that over 50 percent of the economy never came out of the 2008 recession, and anybody anybody who has to pay their own hospitalization never came out of the 2008 recession. Um, 
And I'm going to say right now we have been in a recession, a real one, for a solid year to two, partially COVID, but partially. I think all the numbers you see need to be discounted by 25 to 30% because of the extra money in the system in terms of getting real dollars. How far off am I, Professor? Um, oh, yeah. I, what, what did you say, 15 to 20% or 25%? I'm thinking it's almost... I could still go with that as well. No, the, the number, no I, think it, I think in real terms, um, all of us are able to do a lot less than we used to be able to do. Isn't that the definition of a recession? You, yep. I, I don't disagree with that in the least. But as far as nominal economic activity... You know, it's and, and don't take the real part into it. You know, if anything, what you just said makes uh, that oil production number even worse. Yep. Well, there's no inflation yeah. on the oil. It, it just makes it even worse. And and just I just absolutely cringe when I and I I don't I think it's just the the worst kept secret in the world. The government is just trying to get us to switch to electric cars. But I I was in I was in London back in the fall and I, I they had a huge gas shortage. We talked about this when I was there, and my Uber guy who drove an electric car said, "Oh yeah, it, it, the the politicians don't even deny it. They're happy with the shortage of gas over here because it's uh, you know because it's going to push renewable uh, cars that are thought of being run on renewable energy, which is total crap in its own right." Um, but yeah, they're they're copying it here. I just think the problem is trying to copy that and just you know economically force us into electric vehicles doesn't work in the country in a country like the United States where I don't know what percentage, but a large percentage of people need a car to get to work. You know, Chicago is an anomaly. I can live in the suburbs and I can walk to you know a train and I can you know take the subway to. My office and all those, my, my Chicago office and all those things. Um, you know, when I grew up in Memphis, there was, you know, the day after I turned 16, my parents were thrilled that I had a car because I couldn't get anywhere without oh, a yeah, car. Oh, yeah, they have to take you everywhere. Yeah, and it's the same thing, you know, yeah. down here in Indiana. It's the same. You, there's the, the public transportation is unique to, you know, the coasts where all the people that make decisions for us live in Chicago, which I count Chicago as being on the coast, even though it's physically not. Well, the one place that had an amazing streetcar system and tore it all up was, was, was stupid L.A. They had the best system in the it country. Wasn't, it wasn't just L.A. They had a bunch of them. Memphis had a great streetcar system when my dad was growing up, and they ripped it up, too, because General Motors gave them money to switch over to buses. Right. Well, there was a... Um, was was Memphis uh, segregated rail? I have no idea. See, so, you know, Chicago had a streetcar system. I would, I would assume, I would assume so because there were that. I would, I would assume so. See, so, no, Chicago was not. Was. Chicago was not. Chicago, there were there were rails on the street in traffic, so mm-hmm. was, the streetcar was not any sort of an advantage other than being electric. Uh, oh. Um, no, the, they they were not in the street. I, God, when you said segregated, I was going to, in a completely different direction. Oh God! No, I, well, I, I'm sorry. That's just uh, you know, I'm, grew up at the tail end of a bunch of that garbage. Segregated rail means that, of that crap. Segregated rail means so, like if you put a streetcar on Western. No, Asia, I yeah. no, I know I know where the streetcars were in Memphis because now it's a biking path. 
Okay. Well, that and I and you could still see it when I was a little kid. They hadn't completely torn it all up. Well, there's this. Have you ever been to Amsterdam? Yes. Well, that that one main that one uh, street with like a gazillion stores on it, and it's it's not very mm-hmm. wide, but there's there's no cars there, and uh, they have um, they have a gantle. You know, you know where a, a gantle track is. I I do not. Uh, I'm not a railroad person. Well, they they have. It looks like there's there's one track right right down the middle of this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I know what it's that essentially is. this pedway. Well, but well, you know what? I mean? That there's actually two tracks there, and, and, and there's two different lines, mm-hmm. and they each have their own track. If you look there, there, there's 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 two rails, and then you move over to the where the other rail is, and there's two rails. Well, actually, the 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 one runs on the outside and the inside. The other one runs on the other outside and the inside. So there actually are are two rail lines there that don't share the same. They don't have to switch in. They they stay on their own tracks. They just happen to be right next to each other, like six inches apart. It's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, they run right down the middle, slowly in this street, and everybody gets off there, does their shop, and hops right back on, and off you go. I mean, you you could in L.A. I believe they were segregated. So no matter what, how much traffic there was, the, the streetcar still going thirty five miles an hour, which is the way you want to do it if you can. Yeah, yeah. But I, if if we were to put. Well, I'd love to have one of these these guys on the air with. Uh, actually, I wouldn't care who it was. You or Kevin, you guys are all. I'd love to have you in the office interviewing the dude and say, "Okay, now, have you guys done the math exactly on how far away a gas-fired power plant or oil-fired power plant has to be where it's more efficient than an, a modern automobile in terms of uh, how much pollution and how much therms you're getting out of it?" I'll bet they have no idea. Or if you were to say, oh, I'm sure they don't. They, and I, I, I don't think they realize that an electric car. Uh, I don't think they know where the electricity comes from to go into the electric car. But a good portion of it is coal. Um, <laughs> we're over, we're over fifty percent gas and oil, yeah. and we're yeah, we're like what? Well, it's t- still not. It, it's still not the. It's not clean. No, but uh, the, cleanest, the cleanest energy is nuclear energy. And we're what? That's like twelve percent. Let me let me see if I can. Yeah. And it's going less. That's, oh yeah, it's going less. Yeah, it's part of the problem in Europe right now. They're actually shutting these things down and not replacing them. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't understand no. that. Uh, um, the uh, I irrational fear. Well, I mean, I really. That's. I mean, that's that's what it is. Yeah, you know, irrational. You know, the biggest, the, the scariest part of this situation in the Ukraine, or in Ukraine, not the Ukraine, in Ukraine is, it was when one of the nuclear, uh, reactors over there, you know, when they were fighting around it. Uh, you know, that, that was the biggest fear. But I think that was the, the kind of like the, if you were graphing the, you know, public fear with respect to the outcome of this thing, that was probably at this point the worst possible moment. The um, I have uh, let's see, we have uh, fossil fuels total is still sixty point eight percent, thirty eight percent natural uh, natural gas, twenty one percent coal, and uh, a little bit of petroleum. Nuclear is eighteen point nine. Renewables is up to twenty percent. So there, nine uh, percent is wind, six uh, percent is hydropower which is going to be, what, Hoover Dam and Grand Coulee Dam and those kinds of places, right? 
and mm-hmm. we're, we're only two point eight percent in solar. So, guys, not even we're not even up to that. So, you know, careful with that. Uh, geothermal point four, um, and we have pump storage hydropower, but it's basically, you know, it's 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 natural gas is forty percent. So, you know, I mean, I was, I was one thing for one thing I'll, I'll surely say, and I, I don't think there's an engineer who would disagree with me that if the government actually gave a rat's behind and let's just say for instance uh the you have how many vans do you think the government has in Washington DC 10,000 you know why why oh, how many how many automobile uh, are they in and what powers them but i'm saying why aren't they all natural gas instead of gasoline if we're not I, because they just haven't gotten around to it quite yet. They, they should be. Why? Why aren't you know? people's gas vans gas? I mean, I mean, I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, what? what the, I, I'm stunned that we can't. I, I'm one of these guys that thinks every time you can do a little thing, you should do it. I mean, the, the locomotives out in the Southwest, where there's nothing but wind and, and sun, they should be electric. They shouldn't be diesel. Because yeah. you really don't need a diesel locomotive to go across northern New Mexico and California, do you? Really? With, with nothing but wind and solar? For that 500 miles, they should be electric. There's electric locomotives. And wh- why can't, why can't and we, we use our head in, in, in small areas and get here incrementally using, using common sense? It's always got to be some huge program, a lot of money with everybody's finger in a pie. S&P futures still up 78 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not looking at the market that much here because I want it to stay long today, Russell. We're long, you know, for a change. Hope you're, you're <laughs> long. It. Well, you're, uh, are you still, well, we'll talk about it after a break. SB Futures up 79, NASDAQ Futures up 315. Be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single-family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Matt Byrne on the board. SP futures up 82 now. NASDAQ futures up 333. Dow futures up 524. Uh, real quick, I got this chart up here of uh, Russell Schlumberger. These guys are back to 43 from like 15, but they were 120 in 2013. So I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I don't know how you value these things. I mean, I whatever. But those who seen them, they, it's been hot lately from 15 to 43 in a, and not very long. So anyway, a lot of this stuff is, is people are searching these industries that are doing well. Right now it's, it was the metals, it was the oils, and, uh, and all of a sudden the oil services and they were, they're up there. Uh, over in Asia, we've got, uh, Nikkei was down 73.3%, Shanghai down 37.1%, Hang Seng down 138.7%. EU, oh, we're going the other way, we're going straight up. DAX up 655, that's 5%. These guys have been getting hammered, so it's a big relief really for them. FTSE up 115, 1.7%, CAC around up 291, 4.9%. Uh, yesterday in the U.S., the way of review, Dow, after being up and down all day, finished down 184, which is not a good sign from the horrible day from the day before. S&P was down 30, NASDAQ futures, NASDAQ, not the futures, were down 35. Uh, NASDAQ was probably the, the best of the bunch yesterday because they were the, they were the worst the day before. Bonds are almost back here to their highs at 1.9% in a 10-year. Uh, Bund back up to 7.17 from being under zero for like a one day. It was Monday morning or Friday morning. Uh, Japan, uh, 0.17. So the, the ten-year rates are almost back to where they were a few weeks ago before all this started. Uh, oil down 435, 119.35. First down day we've seen in oil in quite a while. Brent down 407, 123.91. Natural gas unchanged, 451. Arbob down seven cents, 361. Arbob, by the way, those don't know that's the the uh, price of wholesale gas. So wholesale unleaded in uh, New York Harbor, I believe, is the definition of that. Uh, so you're not going to get gas. Uh, under four bucks a gallon pretty much anywhere if it's 361 wholesale. Uh, gold down 39 bucks but still hanging over 2000, 2003. Still it's the first big move down in gold we've seen in a while. Silver down 46 cents, 2343. Copper down 13 cents, 457. But here's the big news today. The uh, Fed came out with some, uh, crypto sort of, uh, uh, position paper today and it's driven Bitcoin up 3400 bucks, 42,004. Who's ever got Traffic Weather Sports? Let's do it. 
Yes, good morning, everyone. It is、uh, March 9th of 2022, currently 7 36 a.m. Let's get you into sports first.、Uh, last night in the NBA, Suns beat Magic 102 to 99, and tonight the Bulls play the Pistons. In hockey, Coyotes beat Red Wings 9 to 2,、uh, and tonight uh, uh, beat the Ducks 8 to 3.、Uh, in college, you'll see Arizona State plays Anf-、uh, Stanford at 2 o'clock, and DePaul plays St. John's tonight at 6 p.m.、Uh, looking at the weather right now, currently in Chicago, it's 35 degrees and、uh, very sunny out there. It's looking、uh, high of 41 and a low of 23.、Uh, down there in Phoenix, different story, 42 degrees and incredibly sunny skies. A high of 72 and a low of 42. Now on to traffic currently in Chicago. Matt, that's why they call it the Valley of the Sun, buddy. I know. I'm、yeah. getting my bags ready. Yep. <laughs> no baseball, though. Yeah, no, not yet. But、uh, as far as traffic in Chicago, locally uh, uh, traffic on the eastbound between Eisenhower,、uh, Eisenhower between Highway 45 to all the way to downtown.、Uh, traffic westbound Eisenhower between Western and Harrison.、Uh, traffic eastbound Kennedy between. Lee Street and Lawrence, as well as that,、uh, westbound on the Kennedy between 130th and Old Orchard. Eastbound on Edens between Lawrence and 294, North, North Tri State Ramp, that's caused by an accident at Tui and another ac- accident at Pulaski.、Uh, westbound on Edens between Old Orchard and Canal Port, more traffic. Northbound on Stevenson between I 20 Connector and 90 West Ramp,、uh, major slowdowns there. Uh, traffic nine, northbound on Lakeshore between Oakwood and Lower Randolph. Traffic northbound 294 between Willow and the I 190 East Ramp. That's caused by a accident,、uh, a semi truck fire at West Lake Avenue.、Uh, and finally,、uh, westbound on Kennedy between 130th and Old Orchard Road.、Uh, that's all we got, Chief. Back to you. Yeah,、uh, Russ, I have a question for you. I know you guys, when I say you guys,、uh, Indiana is. is、uh Is furiously, I won't say trying to catch up, but、uh, involved in、uh, a lot of security trading analysis and so forth. It was University of Chicago's big deal back in the early 70s or the mid 70s where they put together a history of like every single up and down tick in the New York Stock Exchange since the history of the thing started, right? And then Notre Dame ended up with a big thing like that. And there's got to be how many places now that have all this backup security, anything you want to know about the stock market, right? What Yeah. What is the recently, I, I just say what happened yesterday. I mean, this, these are unusual times, right, with the war going on and all kinds of stuff. So we're going to be in, intraday volatile. We also have a, an experiment going on where we only have a few players essentially running the whole market, which I've been against since day one, but I haven't been successful with anybody in having a, a, a much, much broader、uh, participation in the market.、Uh, anyway, but yesterday, As you know, we have a,、uh, do a protected index program. And、I've, we've been doing this since 97.、Mm-hmm. We did it, you know, huge for seven, eight years, or ten years, I mean, or twelve years. And then,、uh, when all the market did was creep up every day, nobody wanted protection, so we, it fell into disfavor. And then all of a sudden, on the last three years, it's favorable again. Well, the object is, is you buy puts and you sell calls to pay for the puts. But the idea, I mean, you, you rarely had to roll the puts because the things just, In a, you know, in the ideal world you want, the market kind of creeps up every week and you, you make money on your calls because you sell just the right calls, you know, and if the thing goes up and the calls more than pay for the puts and you never get called away and everybody's happy. Well, now this thing is moving around so much where we've moved our puts closer in because you're trading them more because the thing's up and down all over the place. 
I'm going to say we used to adjust the puts three times a year, uh, Russell. Yesterday, we had puts on for this Friday. Uh, maybe, maybe it was maybe it was for today. I'm not passionate, but all of a sudden, <laughs> the guy who does you know really watches all this stuff because I got a whole bunch of different things going, and uh, he says, you know, our puts are are thirteen dollars in the money. We should do something. And I go, yeah, we probably should. Well, we sell the the ten dollars spread for eight bucks, so it, we're, it puts us now three dollars in the money. We're talking five hours later. He goes, "You want to buy this back? I think I can get it back for like two bucks." <laughs> you got to be bleeping me. Two bucks? We just sold it for eight. That's where we we missed the rally. How many points from the low? One hundred and fifty point spool range yesterday, right? So it's up. We buy the thing back at two bucks. We sell it again on the close at five. So we we made, we made three trades in one day. We used to make three trades in one year. This this. How how much of this is just normal when I say normal normal volatility given the times, and how much of it is the market fabric is kind of screwed and no one knows where this news is coming from. All of a sudden, there's going to be peace talks. There's not going to be peace talks, and, and it's worth 100 150 spool runs. I mean, what is this? How much of this is is the crazy news? How much of it is? Of lack of participation, how much of his lack of standard standards? Is any of this research in any of these places trying to trying to track any of this, Russell? Is, is what's um, real? You know, it, everything is is extremely delayed as far as research in the academic space. But you can you can take a look at you know, volume versus you know, the the different spreads, especially in the option market, where the market makers want to make sure they don't get run over and. And you'll see those things widen out in periods like this. And then you also, it, because you don't want to get caught on the other side of, of the stuff that you talked about yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and the, so liquidity is not just volume. And you've got to assume that the, the liquidity is much more. And I know that it is because there are certain index option trades I execute every week. And i got a student that does the same thing, and he just couldn't even get filled on something yesterday afternoon. Uh, yeah, you, you have to be, if, because, especially if you're doing spreads. Spreads were so wide. If you're doing spreads, you got to be dogged. But I, I will, yeah. I will, I'll give you uh, one piece but, of advice from somebody who does this all day. Um, mm-hmm. it, when, when you see the spreads that wide, okay, mm-hmm. and it looks like you can't get anything done. Mm-hmm. Just think for a second. There might be somebody on the other side who's having the same problem. So the minute you put a spread in, where you just, just put it in where you want to do it, and. You'd be surprised. You'll be the only real order there, and you'll get done. Yeah, he's, that's that's something I was trying to walk him through yesterday, and then class started. Um, just uh, you know, go in there, just give it a shot, and go in there in the middle and see what happens. Well, to to all the retail traders out there, I know there's a lot of them. A lot of people are really smart, but you know what? This is this is our job, right? Yeah, I mean, we're, and, and we and we talk about it. In, in a way that, and I got to catch my, I, I make the students correct, um, you know, what, I make them pop up and go, what the hell did you just say? Because sometimes I'll, you know, I'll, I'll deviate into trader speak and that, that didn't do anybody in my classes any good, especially with undergrad. Um, so you got to, you got to back up some, but uh, yeah, if you, I mean, even though the spreads widen out, and then when you're doing spread trades where you've got more than one bid at spread contributing to the market that you can buy and sell at, uh, it, it gets pretty ugly as far as is what you see on the screen 
But there are other people that are seeing the same thing on the screen, and all of a sudden when they see it, what they may consider an opportunity because you put a limit order in that's yeah. somewhere in the middle, you know, you're like, oh, who the hell did that? Well, it sure wasn't a market maker. It was somebody else was speculating and uh, suddenly saw that they had a, uh, an opportunity to, to do something. Well, one of the spread, one of the spread. grabbing that, you're, yeah. you're becoming a liquidity provider. And, well, yeah. and if you're doing it right, you're getting paid for it. Well, I mean, I did, but I the gentleman who helps me all day long, he, he does a great job, Larry. I, he says, that, he goes, well, it looks like the spread is, uh, you know, it's whatever, it's seven and a quarter, like, you know, nine or some crap. I said, Larry, where do we want to sell it? He goes, I'll sell it at eight and a quarter. Put it in at eight and a quarter. We put it in and we were filled. I mean, you know, yeah. I, and because somebody's sitting there looking at it the other way wanting to buy it. You know what I mean? So when in yeah. doubt, especially on spreads, you know, just put your order in at your limit. And, and you know, and if all yeah. of a sudden the, the market runs, you know, 10 points one way or the other, just cancel it. But a spread shouldn't be that, you know. Uh, I mean, you should be willing to, I mean, if you, on, on, a sp- on, a, on a two-sided trade, you should have a little more leeway on where the underlying goes than on a straight order. I mean, not five hours mm-hmm. worth, but maybe 50 cents worth before you... But yeah, I mean, there's there, there's a lot of, of, of ways to do this, and I, I actually have found that... Uh, We've been getting some fills that we didn't we didn't even deserve because we're the only orders in there, you know. But this is not. Cause <laughs> I, I just I I was digesting what you just said when you go we didn't even deserve. Yeah. Like what? Well, I mean, I, you always figure you deserve it, but I mean, you know, what I'm saying is you sit there and go, well, we'd sell this at eight. Well, you know, put it in at eight fifty. See what happens. All of a sudden. There you get one. You go. Who is that guy? <laughs> he, he's he's de- he's he's happy. We're there at eight fifty because without us, he had to pay nine. Right. Yeah. But I I think that there's yeah. when if but, if, if but, there, the world ever ever dies dies down. If ever if the craziness in the world ever dies down, we don't want the world to die down. Uh, there needs to be how many how many rooms full of people like you? I don't think want me in there. Sitting there, say, okay, what went wrong with the market? How can we fix it? What went wrong with this? How can we fix it? We need some serious looking in the mirror, assuming we could all get out of this alive. Don't you think? On every subject. Oh yeah. No, no I, on every. I mean, across the freaking board. Yep. Any, anywhere from the, the top on down. How much are we paying for this? What are we doing with that? And what, what? I mean, what's going on with the Fed? Let's try and straighten this to act together, will you? I mean, because. We're, we're being pressured from people outside the country at a time when we managed to... Why, why, do you, why do you think Putin's such a knucklehead? He just didn't wait another five years till the, the free world self-destructed on its own. <laughs> what, what are, what are, I, <laughs> I am, for the life of me, I cannot figure out what's going on in that man's mind, and that scares me even more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the... It, 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 I think the British papers were saying it lo- that he may be terminally ill, and that's why he's, you know, trying to leave some sort of legacy. Uh, you know, I've I've heard that he's basically been in isolation for the last two years, so he didn't get COVID. So he might be going a little nutty from spending too much time alone. Uh, Could be. <laughs> and, and you know, and and that's the guy that you know. The, think about the two people that. Theoretically, have their finger could have their finger on the button right now. Yeah, uh, you know, a guy who's absolutely freaking crazy over in um, you know over on the other side of the world, and someone that that's getting up there in age. I'm not gonna, you know, we're all going to get up there in age, and you shouldn't pick on people when they get up there in age. But you know, 
Grandpa reached a point where we really didn't even trust him with the remote control uh, back in the Rhodes household. Heaven forbid, you know, we had given him the nuclear football. Um, yet there are people appreciably older that are sharp as a tech. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just it just looks like I don't know. I'm, I'm with he, you. He seems he seems to be showing his age, and I but, think everybody's beating that one to death. The problem is, I'm okay with the president being a little, you know, half checked out if they've got a lot of really great advisors around them that are really running things. And I don't think that's the case with this. I don't either. I don't either. I uh, and the Secretary of Energy that you guys were talking about in the first hour. I what what is Pete's experience? to be Secretary of Energy. He's not. He's Secretary of Transportation. Oh, well, same freaking thing. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I screwed that one up. Well, same thing. Other than he's driven a guy. It's funny because... Who, who, who is the Secretary of Energy? qualifications. In the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, his qualification is he drives a Prius or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's about it. Well, I think I know more about railroads. Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure... You know what? I probably know more about airlines because I... It's been half my life flying for up until COVID for the last decade. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we we knew uh, fly we, a lot. You always end up next to pilots and stuff, and you learn all kinds of cool things. So I probably know more about airlines than he does. We we knew we had to learn a lot about airlines. I was in uh, uh, college and, and grad school at a very unusual time, uh, Russell. Because when you oh, yeah. and, I, and I don't know when I, when I say unusual, not just was the end of the Vietnam thing. We had nothing. Somehow or another, and, I, and how do you guys in today's world? I'm not saying even talk about it with your students because I'm sure they'd be bored stiff. But virtually every, if you look at you know the country from inception, there's this constant drive toward you know concentration towards monopoly and towards government control and. Uh, you know, we, we had all kinds of things that were regulated. The airlines were regulated. The the, the, the rails were regulated. And, and and there were reasons for that. You know, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. because you were, if you look at the history of railroading, every every kind of mistake was 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 basically made because of another state mistake before that or did not thinking things through. I mean, for instance, if uh, the, uh, what was the first railroad line given out of Chicago? I don't know. It was it was a Chicago to Galena because there was big silver mines. Oh yeah, yeah, big silver mines in Galena. Anyway, the the mm-hmm. government essentially, if if you and I got some money together and we wanted to do a railroad, we'd make an application and they would give us the land and some land on either side of it, and they'd say, okay, uh, you get to sell the land around it, depending on how much you know was decent, and you guys get to make this railroad, and you know you got to make it yourself, but you get to sell this property. In fact, the five Western railroads were given twenty percent of the acreage in the U.S. And most of it wasn't worth anything, but it was a lot of money. Uh, so, yeah. so, but now all of a sudden, you and I, we we, we build a, a a train line from here to, you know, the IC. You know, we, I don't know if we're going to make it all the way to New Orleans right away, but we make it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, some poor farmer along the way, where there's not even a road, he's got corn to sell us, and we say, you know. How much for the corn? How much to move my corn? And, our, and of course, us being capitalists, we say, "How much you got?" <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. There are, there's no competition. There's no nothing. So all of a sudden, you end up this massive government now says, "Wait a minute! You can't charge this guy, you know, fifty bucks to move his corn five miles." Went over there because there happens to be two rail lines. He's, he's paying half that because there's competition. So they had this 
huge mechanism where all the all the all the prices get fixed. Well, we had trucking was like that, airlines were like that. I imagine maybe barge traffic was too. I don't know. And all of a sudden, during the early seventies, there was this rare academia, uh, economic. Some people in office. We got to stop all this. And all these places were deregulated. Not to mention telephone. I mean, everybody. Everybody got. All of a sudden, there was this huge push to no, you, you don't get to own everything forever. We're going to deregulate everything. And over a four or five year period, this happened. And then all of a sudden, everybody's pretty much got themselves all back together again. Why was that such an unusual phenomenon, Russell? And can it ever happen again? You know, to say, wait a minute, we were down to eight airlines. That was that was uh, n- not enough back in 1972. Now we've got four airlines. That's not enough now. Well, when are we going to do this again, or are we? I, I don't know if we could actually repeat that process that we went through because... There were a lot, I mean, now you've got, uh, duopolies, you know, but not monopolies in certain areas like we, like we did with telephone. Um, you know, and it was a fortune to call somebody across the country. Now we, now we just pick up the phone and call people around the world. I'll bet Microsoft is. A bit of deregulation. But I, I, I don't think we're in quite the same spot that we were in. Where, you know, you, I mean, you can even choose different gas companies and different utilities in some parts of the country now. So, sort of. I don't know if there, I, I just don't know if there's the, the same, you know, monolithic entities to break up that we had in the past. Um, I'm going to lab out there that Microsoft is a bigger monopoly right there's now. One. Yeah, I wasn't thinking technology. That, that, I'll bet that in some ways they were more, they're more intrusive and more monopolistic than telephone ever was. They probably, you know what, they most likely are, and uh, Google and Amazon probably are as well. Uh, just the thing is, we don't, you know, Google's got a lot of companies that fall under their umbrella that you may deal with and you don't even realize you're dealing directly with Google. Right. And, same, and you know what, same thing on the social media end. Uh, Instagram is owned by Facebook. You know, they, they're sharing data back and forth all day long. What so, the... Yeah, there, in the in the tech space, there may be some openings for that. I was I was just thinking tech traditional industries when you first posed that one. What um, so so what, what do you make of uh, the the destruction of some of these? I mean, the market's down twenty percent. What what is that in terms of wealth? I mean, the, between the yeah, yeah, I heard you mention that earlier where you were talking. You know, the stocks are owned by you know a big portion of of the. A big portion of stocks owned by a small portion of the, of the population. Um, I think it there, there's a segment that it hits, but I think there's a big segment that it's just uh, numbers on a screen. Right, and I just it's not right. changing their personal behavior at all. Well, I I, I don't disagree with that, but I uh, I was trying to link together somehow. Is if you take my view of what's happening with the uh, the low, the, the lowest 50, 60% of the population, uh, in terms of the, and how the inflation is helping, is hurting them in terms of real income. And, and, yeah. and, you, and you throw on top of that, say the wealthiest 10% of the Americans own 89% stocks, but are worth 35.87 trillion. That's well, a lot of money. But now, if we take a 30% hit, now it's 25, that's gonna leave a mark. So I'm saying, we're, yeah. we're, we're taking, we're taking, a mark off the top group, and we know we're screwing the bottom group. 
it's pretty much hitting everybody. Yeah, and it's and, and I don't and it's sure not hitting everybody equally. No, um, I it, as far as pain points go, I think uh, you're you know a middle class person who's who's not just living check to check. Let's say upper middle class person, not just living check to check. Uh, you know, ten twenty percent hit on their IRA when they've got maybe fifteen twenty more years to work isn't that big of a deal. No. If you're if you're in the bottom half and I. This this was a number I saw thrown out on Twitter, so take it with a grain of salt. But somebody said the uh, you know just a few months ago or a year ago, if you drove a tractor trailer, it was about nine hundred bucks to fill up. Now it's fourteen hundred. Yeah, that's a number. And you know, and, and I don't think I think truck drivers uh, a lot of people do it, so there must be some money in it. But that's got to that's got to kill your any profit whatsoever right there. Well, if if you can pass it on, that's a big if. And some companies, yeah. I mean, you look at the, look at the stocks that have done well. I mean, it's 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 very obvious to me the places that can they can pass it on. I mean, I mean it's, it's it seems that well, nothing's that obvious. Mm-hmm. It seems obvious that Home Depot can pass it on better than Walmart, just by looking at their stock price. Yeah, it looks like almost oh, yeah, most definitely. And uh, I mean, some places can, and some places can't, and. uh Obviously, I, I think Procter and Gamble. The guy pretty much said, you know, if our prices go up eight percent, we can raise raise them twelve, and we're good. You know, because yeah. I mean, uh, I, it, but not all companies are like that. I mean, some companies their costs are going to go up twenty, and they can raise them fifteen, right? Yeah. No, and if you're if you're not, if this is this is the time that you want to be one of those low cost, uh, ton of energy producers. Well, the thing that we, you know, I think that's going to nail the the up if if it happens, and I sure as hell hope it doesn't. Especially as my significant other is in is in the industry, I mm-hmm. I, th- I think we got a, a real problem with this the with the uh, inf- inflation and uh, income with this real estate. These interest rates start running up, to, you know, where we got mortgage rates at six percent. I don't know who the hell you're going to sell your house to if you just bought it in the last year or two. Uh, nobody at the price you paid for it. Right, that's a problem. And I, three years ago, I sold my my father's house after he passed away for about one hundred and sixty, and I just checked it on Zillow the other day, and and it said the the Zillow estimate is two sixty now. Yep. Um, if somebody bought that house for two sixty today, I bet you they couldn't sell it for two sixty a year from today. That's that's it's. And how do you how do you, how do you and I? Uh, being on the air, and you actually get to teach people. How do we? Mm-hmm. How do we explain to people? It's not whether you can afford it; it's whether the person you're going to sell it to can afford it. You explain in ten seconds or less the greater fool theory that you expect that that when you buy something, you are expecting somebody to be a greater fool than you and pay a higher price from it at some point, or that your price is right. I was, I was the other day. I was going. Yeah. It's like being a market maker on the floor. If your if your market's an eighth a quarter, and somebody sells you ten for an eighth, uh, that's the easy part. Getting the phone to ring or somebody <laughs> to buy it from you for a quarter—that's the hard part, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you come back to Chicago this weekend? Are you hanging down there? I uh, next week spring break. Cool. Oh, we might see you then. You might see me. That'd be cool. I'll, I'll pick out my newest and prettiest cardigan just to visit you. Oh God. You take care of yourself. I'm taking on a pipe. Am I allowed to smoke a pipe in the office? Oh, you got to have one with the, with the. They don't go straight out. They curve down. That, you got to have one of those. Oh yeah. You don't oh, want yeah. a straight. You don't want a straight out one. That, that that's 
to Absolutely avoid. not. No. <laughs> I want to be pensive with my pipe. Yes. Take care of yourself. SP Futures up 69, NASDAQ Futures up 286. A rally so far, so we're happy this morning. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Well, a wiser fellow than myself once said, sometimes you eat the bar, and sometimes the bar, while well, he eats you. <laughs>